Dear Patriarchy Podcast, this is the Gaslit Worker's Guide to Conquering the Corporate World. We are two sisters armed with facts and statistics, destigmatizing even the plight of the working person. I am Lisa. (laughs) I am Jennifer. Laughing girl. And today Mm -hmm. we are very lucky to have yet another amazing guest with us. It is Shifra Nirenberg. She is an intuitive advisor and spiritual guide, and she's been reading tarot and oracle cards for more than 20 years. She blends her creative intuition with practical approaches to help people along the path to success. And she combines metaphysical tools like tarot and oracle cards and gemstones and guided journeys with holistic and therapeutic modalities of healing to facilitate personal growth. She's Mm -hmm. fucking badass. That's all. Oh my God. (laughs) So Lisa and I, Lisa came to visit, visit me for her birthday. Um, little short, little short visit right around the time of our book launch. And Mm. we went to a Renaissance fair, Renaissance festival. We were kind of just strolling around. The kids were watching some cup balancing acrobatics situation. Mm. And Lisa was looking to have, Lisa was looking at a henna tent and right next to it was a, what was it even labeled as? No idea. But there um, she was. But it was, there she was. And I said, Lisa, I think we need to do this. And she was waiting and for And we us. went, she, it was like, it was like there was just a hallway leading to her yeah. and, oh man, I'm going to cry. Um, oh. And from the moment we sat down, it yeah. just was the best thing an asteroid. Heard. I know. It, it was an, it was a nuclear explosion of just love, but also, I mean, she yelled at Lisa three times in a row. I needed it though. Um, it made Lisa really uncomfortable because it was very public space. Um, <laughs> but she also loved it and I loved it too, but she's incredible. She's an incredible, powerful presence and she's a conduit. Man, when you talk <sighs> to her, when you, and you'll get this when you listen, but yeah, she's, so she's a, just, she's a conduit for healing. She's a conduit for love. She's a conduit for learning. Like her energy is so beautiful and she is genuinely a spirit that is tied to a physical body, but she is, she's almost more spirit than body. She's really cool. She's yeah. Like there's really a, definitely cool. an otherworldly yeah. presence. Um, and we're so lucky. But to we we're so lucky that we're so lucky that she agreed to come onto the podcast yes. and was so generous with her time, time and advice and mm. guidance and just she's great. It's the perfect it's the perfect episode to hopefully listen to before you go vote Americans yes. on uh, November eighth. So and as funny as that sounds, that you spoke to a spiritual intuitive and it, we got down to voting. So I mean, even the universe is telling you to vote. So if you're not registered, make it happen. Yeah, and there's links in the so show notes you can, too to help you. Yeah, so just take a listen. We hope that you love it as much as we do, and please definitely share this one. With friends and family who are kind of missing that connection to themselves. We are, Lisa and I are both in a period of time where we've kind of run ourselves into the ground. And that's the reason for this awesome season that we are, season four, not the reason for the season. Jesus, not, always. Right. So <laughs> Or never. We hope that when you listen, you are touched by this, by her words as much as we are. And uh, we would love your feedback and, you know, share this with, share this with other folks. And, uh, oh, the reason for this season, thank you, Lisa. The reason for this season is that we, you know, our cups are empty and we are 
speaking to spiritual intuitives, content creators, writers, content creators, writers, people who are helping just to change the world in their in their zones, in their areas, activists, in their communities, influencers, yes. Yes. yes, just all kinds of amazing, amazing people. So it's an awesome season. So share us, like us, do all the things, but please listen to this episode and let us know what you think. Great. Welcome, Shifra. Thank you so much for coming, or well, for meeting us online to have this chat. And I think the best way to introduce you is for you to tell us what being a spiritual guide and an intuitive advisor, what that what that means. Absolutely. And thank you again, both of you for having me on. And uh, so in terms of being an intuitive advisor, I have been doing tarot card and oracle card readings for 20 plus years. And I have come to realize that intuition is something that we all share and we just usually are conditioned out of it or beaten out of it, depending on our childhood. And it's really in the most simplest term, whether you want to call it intuition or gut check or gut instinct or your gut or your heart or a gazillion other things that it can be called. The way that I operate as an intuitive advisor is that intuition is that connection that we have within ourselves that serves as kind of a dual awareness because our inner wisdom and our knowing what we know, even when we don't know how we know is part of the human experience. And we all have it. We just don't know always how to access it. And so that's a lot of what I see my work as is helping people connect with intuition, even if it's in the middle of a uh, really short reading in the middle of a Renaissance festival. Uh, I will call people out and be like, hey, that feeling that you're having right now that makes you like happy, lean into that. And I will literally have them breathe into that part of their body because we have physical manifestations or sensations of intuition that we just need to learn that that's what it is. And so a lot of the times we don't know how we know, but we know. And the more that I can help people access that, uh, the more intuition there is in the world. And that's a good thing. Wow. That's amazing. And so just, just to backtrack real quick, we did meet Shifra at, at a Renaissance fair Lisa came to visit me the week of the week of our book launch. And it was definitely, I feel like one of the high points of Lisa's visit. So, and it was definitely an unplanned thing and something that I would never have done, but I just felt called to that little tent next to the henna hand place. And um, it was a life-changing experience for me. And I won't speak for Lisa, but I have a feeling it was for her as well. So. I think I I would just love to to know what brought you to this calling. Like, how did you yeah. find yourself where you are? Yeah, I was actually talking to my mom about this the other day because I was one of the lucky ones. My parents didn't condition me out of uh, exploring the unseen. So uh, I was born with a metaphysical bent. Like, I can't remember in this life at any point where I was not interested in things that weren't just tangible. Uh, So I had lots of recurring dreams as a kid. 
And, you know, my imaginary friend wasn't probably that imaginary, which is certainly common with sensitive kiddos instead of telling me I was crazy or, you know, pushing that under the rug in any way. Uh, my parents were just like, okay, you know, whatever. And then to the point when I was uh, 14 or 15, my mom gave me a tarot deck. That was my first one. And then when I was 15 or 16, I had a uh, intuitive psychic reading by a family friend who was a, a spiritual guide and priestess and psychic and uh, was also my feminist mentor in a lot of ways. Uh, and so I wasn't actively encouraged to lean into my metaphysical side, but like my parents had that catalog, what was it, um, Pyramid Collection that always had that fun, like, silver and moon jewelry and talked about gemstones. And, you know, I was one of those kids that in middle school, I had knew the metaphysical properties and the healing aspects of, you know, two dozen gemstones, like a quoted off and, you know, <laughs> that was me. Uh, and that's awesome. Yeah. So then when I got the cards um, and I started really using them as a tool for my intuition, that's when my best friend was like, so you know what you do is actually spiritual counseling and people will pay for this. <laughs> she's a good friend. Yeah, she's the best. She's my sister from another parent, uh, parents, I should say. It's not mister. What's that saying? Sister from a different mister, but it's also yeah. Anyway. Sister from another sister. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's my soul sister. And so I really appreciated that aspect of it. So did that answer your question or was that just absolutely no, that's great. And so I have found North Carolina to be very oppressive on many, many, many levels. And how does that kind of play into your work being based in North Carolina? Yeah, that's a great question. And certainly being based in the Bible Belt of the United States anyway is uh, is challenging for those of us who are not, um, you know, actively mainstream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You can say all uh, that. And you yeah. can curse up a storm on here. We've got our explicit label. Fabulous. So yeah, so being uh, intuitive and a feminist in the Bible Belt is challenging. Uh, and... I'm in Asheville, which is in Western North Carolina. So it's a little bit of a, well, it's a, you know, substantial progressive hub in the South. So um, we've got Black Lives Matter mural downtown, a lot of the local businesses shut down and, you know, had the signs up after George Floyd was murdered. And so uh, we've got pretty progressive politics. Uh, even the county around it is more progressive than the counties surrounding uh, the Asheville metro area. So that helps a lot because we've got a bunch of metaphysical stores and different communities and lots of wonderful activists in the area and um, good universities that are really based in the liberal arts uh, curriculum. And so I'm a little sheltered in that, but I also, no matter where I go from my house, I'm passing by a good dozen churches with most of them having signs that I don't agree with. So 
let my snarkiness fly while I'm driving past those. <laughs> That's the perfect way to handle that. So I feel like your work, at least my perception of it, must be very draining and take from you. Because I feel like just in our short reading that Lisa and I had, you gave so much of yourself. How do you kind of refill? I mean, especially when you're sitting in like a long event or if you're, I don't know how your days look, but how do you refill your cup? Like, how do you stay charged? How do you power yourself up, I guess? That is such an important question because whenever I am working with new clients, uh, especially in my intuitive coaching programs, my first step is always talking about grounding. And so grounding is the act of being connected and centered within our own systems. And when I say system, I mean physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, the whole shebang. And so when we are grounded, we are centered in our truths. This is how I see it anyway. And while still being connected to the universe and the information that's coming, because intuition is that dual awareness, both from the universe and from within ourselves. And so for me, one of the joys of doing what I do is that, yes, there is some drain, but there's also a lot of filling and feeding. Uh, So being able to hug you and celebrate you after your reading, like that filled me and that helped ground me back in why I do what I do, which is to help other people and give the most honest, insightful advice that I can at the moment in the, you know, in that space um, and bring more hope and light and inadvertent feminine and subtle feminism into the world because <laughs> I'm a big I love that <laughs> one question that's just come up for me while you're talking is I know you you must try and stay on the on the light side and this actually maybe is a good segue for the next kind of part of the conversation is in life we have to do hard things and we have to have hard conversations and there's that probably a heaviness that can come with certain people and certain conversations yeah. maybe that you get pulled to have and certainly when we're looking at in the wider world with oppressive structures there's a lot of heaviness so I guess it's a two-parter one is how do you stay grounded in a heavy world and number two is how do you deliver heavy news people well hopefully as you uh experienced as well I am honest as fuck and I am kind and approach it with some love And also am quick to call out bullshit. And that's how I operate in that. So that was kind of the second part of your question and answer first, um, because ethics and authenticity and being genuine and staying true to my truth, even while I am giving readings and advising and coaching folks on connecting with their own truth, I still need to, you know, be able to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day. And so when it comes to being in the heaviness and giving heavy news, um, I do my very best to frame it in, well, this is a heads up from the universe. This is what I see coming potentially, you know, and here are some things that you might be able to do to lessen the drama or trauma 
here are some ways to heal afterward. And I'll usually ask if they want to know first, because people come to me with all sorts of questions. And when they are heavy questions, I like to check in and make sure that they actually want to know the answer. I had a young person come up to me at the Renaissance Festival a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, can you tell me when, I want, when I'm going to die? And I was like, that's not usually something that I uh, answer because it's not a joke. And I said, is that really something that you want to know? And to their credit, they took a breath and they were like, no, that's not something I want to know. And I was like, okay, great. Well, let's talk about school. Let's talk about your future. <laughs> so again, that goes back to me grounding in, in my heart, in my intuition, in my connection to the universe, in my knowing what is right and true and good for me. And, and that's what helps me move forward because I have to have hope that humanity is not completely fucked. I have to have hope that people generally want to do what's right. And I have to have hope in, in trusting that and knowing that when we make decisions that are rooted and grounded and centered in our intuition, we make good choices that are healthy and good for us and for our families and our friends and our communities. And that ripples out into the world. And this world needs a lot more light than it's getting right now. And so however I can do my part for that is what keeps me from getting into the heaviness. And frankly, I, you know, have had depression for most of my adult life. And that's not something I talk about mostly because, except for my therapist, because mental health in this country, you know, the stigma to that is pretty extreme as well. Mm -hmm. um, also part of patriarchy as, yeah. uh, as you know. Uh, and so I have used wonderful therapeutic skills and tools that I've learned over the decades to take care of me. And mm -hmm. then I often impart them to my clients because yeah, it's... I think you told, told me that I need therapy at least three times in the first five minutes. <laughs> I was like, I know. <laughs> Don't you think I know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but some people don't because of yeah. the stigma. Some people totally. really don't understand what therapy can do or mm -hmm. what it's supposed to do or how they're supposed to choose a therapist. And so, uh, you know, I am, despite 20 plus years of experience as an intuitive advisor, I'm not a licensed professional. And so I may get insights into medical or emotional health stuff, but it all needs to be checked by a doctor. And even when I'm doing animal communication sessions and it's like, oh, well, your kitty is having some tummy issues, you know, when's your next vet appointment? Or, you know, so I am not the end all be all when it comes to information, <laughs> but, and no, nor do I ever want to be because nice. everybody has information and insight, I think. So I'm going, to I'm going to take us on kind of a hard left because I think we have a really good segue here. But I think that my perception of most women and other all the other oppressed groups currently in the world, we have been so gaslit by the patriarchy and by 
corporations, by our employers, by our parents, by our mentors, by our friends. And so that gaslighting has caused so many of us just to completely question ourselves and not trust ourselves and trust and not trust our own lived experience. So that I assume would form a block with using that intuition or even being able to hear or feel that intuition. Absolutely. So how, how can you, how can we get back to a place where we, first of all, can even understand, comprehend, hear, see, feel our intuition, but then also, I guess, two parts, like what are steps that we can take today to get there? Yeah. So there are a couple of things that, that come to mind. And as I was thinking about, um, you know, being here with you today, also, you know, I talked about the grounding and so that's so important. And I'm a big fan of multi-purpose tools, especially ones that are pretty. So going back just real quick to the, uh, how do I not get stuck in the heaviness? Some of the tools I use are gemstones. So I uh, am holding a garnet right now and I've got girasol and rose quartz nearby um, because those work for me in reminding my energy of balance. So balance is really important in being able to give bad news, celebrate good things, and help people get through some of those blocks without completely draining myself. And so when it comes to ways to overcome those blocks, uh, one of the, the best starting places that I have found with my clients and with my friends who I started it with is what I call heart yes, no questions. Because at least we can put our hands over our heart and we can feel our, our body in some way, you know, tangibly under our hand. And so using that physical connection and touch is a way to recenter just in that act. But then it's also asking your heart yes or no questions to start hearing how your intuition responds with a yes or a no. And so it's about keeping that connection or us opening that connection to begin with. So like, for example, you can put your hand over your heart and take a deep breath and say, Hi, heart. Would I like pizza for lunch today? And you may hear the yes or the no in terms of verbal, you know, the words. Uh, It may sound or look like a yes or a no that you see uh, kind of in the outside of yourself, but it's still there. And so intuition in our bodies shows up in so many different ways. So That's why I'm such a big fan of the heart yes, no questions, because you can start with really silly, almost inconsequential things like, you know, hi, heart, do I like purple? Well, the answer is always going to be yes for me. (laughs) And you can start with colors, with food, generally pizza, everybody has a pretty strong inclination one way or the other. And yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, I have had it be no before when oh, I just wanted a taco salad or something. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I think great. just even opening up to the idea that you can talk to 
your intuition, that you can hear what your heart is telling you and cut through the bullshit of what the media and patriarchy and all the other people who benefit from profits over people and power over people and the environment, like you can just kind of cut through all of that by asking your heart some simple questions. And I do like using the yes, no format rather than asking for your heart to give you a full phrase or sentence, uh, at least to start, because that way, yes and no are things that we can all hear pretty easily. That's awesome. I love the accessibility of that, of being able to access that so easily and to be able to exercise that regularly if you get into Mm -hmm. the habit of it. Because it's something that you can really, you can, that's easy to do. You can do that anywhere. You can be on a plane. You can be in a river, like you can be anywhere and that's going to work for you. You're going to be accessing that. And I think for people that are listening, that must, like for me, I know when you said that, that was like, I can do that. I can definitely do that. And I know that feeling of when I go, well, I don't know what I like. And then I think, oh no, I know. Yeah. And that, where does that come from? And you're like, I don't, I, it's me, but I don't know. It doesn't have a body. It doesn't have a form. It's sort of this nebulous shape exactly. that just happens. And that's why I tend to say it's about the the system, our system, our intuitive system. And, and I borrow that from my body worker who does orthobionomy, which is kind of an energy and physical uh, modality. Um, But it's all about the systems. And so in my work, it's the emotional system, the mental system, the physical system, the heart system, the intuition, the energetic, the spiritual, the, as I said, the whole shebang. And so it is important to just recognize that you have it. And so it's, it's a practice, you know, we call it, we call meditation and yoga practices because we have to practice. And that definitely is what's necessary for intuition too, because the more that we open that channel and keep that channel of communication open, the easier it is to hear it. And for the heart, yes, no questions. I even do it now, like when I can't decide where I want to go to eat, you know, I'm just like, do I want to go to this restaurant? No. Do I want to go to this restaurant? No. Do I want to go to this restaurant? No. Do I just want to go home and eat a heat up leftovers? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And hang out with Chester. Yes. (laughs) And just going back to grounding, my cats are definitely another aspect of grounding that helps. So cats and dogs are great for that. Kids, partners are great for grounding too. Hugging trees are great for grounding. It's just about bringing yourself back to center and being safe there. Walking barefoot in the grass is my favorite one. So good. Yeah. It's so good. With my kids, they kind of all have, my, my two oldest have kind of anxiety stuff. And so the way that I work with them to get grounded is we kind of go walk through our senses and like, what do you hear? What do you feel? What do you smell? And that usually helps. I so, love that. Yeah, it's... That's, I think that that works really well with, um, with kids, but also I think that we get so caught up in our minds that we just lose that connection just to Mm -hmm. ourselves and then to nature. And so that brings us back. 
That reminds me when it comes to grounding and involving other people in that, especially kids, even though our breath is automatic, when we take intentional deep breaths, we're reminding our whole system that it's connected. And so uh, one of the things I like to do is when I'm stopped at a red light, it's a great time for three deep breaths. And so Jen, for you, uh, with your kids walking through the senses, which is so freaking amazing, by the way, like so good. You can also add in the breath piece. Uh, Yeah. And there was something else. And just to clarify, grounding is not being sent to your room. Like we were as children, potentially right. this is more of the energetic state of being safe within our own system and still connected um, and openly and open uh, to information. And I think that's just an important distinction because punishment is kind of uh, a hallmark of patriarchy more than intuition, uh, which also I wanted to say that one of the going back to like what we can do to connect to our intuition. One of the reasons it's so hard is because patriarchy doesn't want us to trust ourselves. The whole patriarchal, capitalist, racist, heteronormative system that we live in is not supported by us making healthy choices Mm-hmm. that are in line with our soul truths, with our heart's best interest, with any of the things that I work with as an intuitive advisor and light and hope and autonomy. Hmm. Uh, autonomy is a really big thing. And I think that that's very interesting. I think that one of the things that came out of the pandemic that was so powerful and interesting is that people were more aware of their time and of their bodies and of their lives and Mm-hmm. So now we have the backlash from, you know, the patriarchal structure of like blaming workers for quiet quitting, blaming people for buying homes, for driving inflation when it's corporate greed and all these things. And it's like, absolutely, we're, we're trying to tell people that it's their fault for the way that they're feeling. And that's kind of just how, how this continues to mm-hmm. perpetuate itself. So I guess it's a great time to just kind of lay it out there. So how can we overcome the patriarchy with intuition so one of the ways sorry go ahead i know it's a big huge question but or any oppressive structure right so intuition for battling systemic racism patriarchy ableism xenophobia all that stuff Mm -hmm. i'm hoping it's all one thing (laughs) yeah and that's one of the things too that's a good point lisa is because i think that patriarchy is a convenient word to explain the uh, systemic oppressive industries and um, systems. (laughs) That was redundant. But uh, I think using patriarchy as the umbrella term for the racist society, the ableist society, the sexist society, the don't take care of mental health society or stigmatize it, the classist society and the homophobic society, all of that falls under patriarchy in my mind. But I've also been an eco-feminist for a couple of decades now, which when I first learned about eco uh, ecological feminism, in college, it was like, oh, I understand, you know, because the basic principle, uh, which 
I guess is kind of similar to intersectional feminism now, but ecofeminism was one of the first philosophies in the women's movement that recognized that the same system that oppresses women and minorities also destroys the environment and and abuses animals. I love and that. so, yeah, being able to see it from that holistic perspective uh, is then something that I explored further in permaculture, uh, in a permaculture design course after college. But I mention all of that because intuition is about the interconnections. Intuition is about how our spirit connects with our mind and how our mind connects to our heart and how our heart connects to our loved one's heart. And uh, so it's much more of a web philosophy or a web seeing than it is the latter system, which is what patriarchy and capitalism and uh, the world dominant powers are very much that hierarchy, which is kind of that ladder. You are upping one or the other. Whereas with intuition, it is that everything's interconnected like a beautiful web so that when one part needs help, it can be strengthened by other threads. But when you're in a hierarchical system, if one rung of the ladder falls off, then you just go to the next rung. And so I think one of the things that the COVID pandemic uh, has illustrated is how many rungs we're missing from the ladders right now. Yeah, massively. And one thing that just came up for me, Shifa, while you're talking is oppressive systems, particularly patriarchy and systemic race. I mean, any oppressive system, it benefits from separation and control. So the more you separate groups from each other and highlight the differences rather than the things that bring us all together, the more powerful the systems become because our isolation is powerful, right? And it's it's alienating, it's scary, and it feels all-encompassing. And then to step into like a greater knowledge and understanding of our own interconnectivity with the planet, with each other, with animals, with the cosmos, with the grounding on the earth, like all of those connections actually bring you from my personal perspective and my experience of it is it it makes you feel more powerful in yourself than you'll ever feel when you're isolated and feeling like you're one small part of a very small group that everyone's attacking or that the perception is that you're being attacked and yeah I'm talking about white cis that men when I am saying that group because (laughs) there's someone there's a that's the group that's saying I'm so attacked right now. Not everybody, obviously, not all men. Not all men, baby. But that feeling of being attacked is and and feeling like you're the one that everybody hates Mm -hmm. is such a strange and pervasive dream to put yourself in when the reality is that everyone's just saying, recognize me as I stand next to you and let's connect each other because we're so much stronger when we're together instead of isolated and grouped by mm-hmm. all these different variables that supposedly make us different to each other. Um, right. And that's so important. And that's a great illustration of how those in power stay in power and accumulate more power is because they do separate. And I think this is something too, in especially in capitalism and, and patriarchy is Not only is it separation, but it's also competition. Whereas in feminism and certainly in intuition, it's more about collaboration and cooperation. 
survive and thrive, right? Mm-hmm. Instead, of, instead of compete. And that's, I know that for so long, we talked about um, fight or flight as the survival mechanism that we all had, right? And then they and looked at the research and found, no, that was a, that was research done solely on a male population, male rats, and then expanded over humans because men tend to exhibit this behavior. And I'm going to say cis men in this instance. And then you look at the way that women tend to respond to crises or situations where you would think it would be fight or flight. And it isn't. It's uh, tend and befriend and survive and thrive. So you're building up your group around you because you see threat coming and you're actually creating a group that is working as a single unit instead of being one person deciding whether they're going to run or fight. Just very different theories. And I do wonder when I think of that as like, we're saying that maybe men and women do things differently, but do they maybe men have just absorbed from the patriarchy that that's what they should do? Yeah. And I talk to men, I, you know, do readings for cis men and I'm like, you weren't raised to have emotions and yet you're in a caretaking position right now and you're not sure how to handle that. And Mm -hmm. so I talk to that. I give them the same advice as I give mothers which is being present and listening to your heart and making sure that you're getting your needs met and that we can be of service without sacrificing ourselves. And that's totally antithesis to patriarchy and capitalism, you know, and, and all of these oppressive systems, because it's all about having those, those people who do the jobs that you don't want to do. And, and do the work that you don't want to do, meaning you as in power. And it's all about accumulating more power than it is about helping anybody. And just to go back to how we can start using our intuition more is I'm a big fan. I mean, I was raised to vote. I have a picture of my great grandmother in her suffragist uniform uh, mm-hmm. before 1920 in Philadelphia. So Like I was raised knowing that my vote matters. And so I have voted in every election uh, that I've had a ballot for. And so I've been working on my sample ballot and collecting, you know, deciding who I'm going to vote for. And I am a big proponent of doing your research and educating yourself about the options. And this applies not just to to voting, but in general is a lot of people, when they think about intuition or at least trying to learn about it, think that it's very uh, isolated as opposed to connected, connected to everything else. And so I use my logic and my analysis to research the candidates and make sure that I am voting on the issues that matter to me. Row, row, row your vote this <laughs> this year and every year forward. But also I'm still going to check in my intuition before I, you know, make my final selection. <laughs> but I like having the information, first of all, because I'm never, ever going to knowingly vote for anybody who is not pro-choice because 
that fucking matters. And so I want to make sure that I have all of those analytical aspects and logical and intellectual answers on hand. You know, at the final decision gets to be my intuition. I know Sherry Beasley is awesome, who's the North Carolina Democratic Senator candidate, who hopefully will be our next but a senator. And so I've read everything about her stances and her politics and, and all of that. And then it's, am I voting for Sherry Beasley? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. And so then that's how I choose. And not to make it more political or anything like that. Um, oh, we're that oh, if no. you need no, to. No, no, no. I just want to pop in and just say to anyone that's listening, if you're realizing that you need to do your homework, votesaveamerica.org is a great place to start that can hook you up with no matter where you are in the United States can hook you up with like the different groups that are working really hard to make sure to get people registered, especially people that are disenfranchised or just part of communities that have been redlined out of existence. And so Vote Save America is a great place to start. We will put that link, that link in our link tree. But yes, that's so true. It's like we're in a place now where you can't just vote blue down the line and hope for the best because it's really important. And I think that the powers that be have done such a great job of telling people that their vote doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. um, that people are frustrated and people are poor and people are sick and scared. And, you know, one of the things you keep talking about is like mental health and the stigma. And I, I've never lived in a place where it's so hard to get healthcare period much less mental health care. Um, and Charlotte's, I mean, we're in Charlotte and, and it's a big city, right? And it's right. it's almost impossible to find doctors and mental health professionals for my family because, mm. you know, everyone's just so overtaxed. So it's just, a, it's a very interesting time, but definitely paying attention and voting is a very important, <laughs> very important thing to kind of get these issues under control. Absolutely. Another great resource for voters is ballotready.org. And it lists all of everything that's going to be on your ballot by the address that you are registered at. And one of the things that's great is that you can then actually choose in ballotready.org where or who you're going to vote for. And then it can print it out for you to take to your polling station. I love that. We're putting yeah. that up. Okay, good. <laughs> awesome. <sighs> I know. It's so much. And I think that's why I do what I can through the intuitive lens because everything is connected to our intuition because our intuition has something to say about everything if we listen to it. <laughs> 100%. And so it's about those connections. And when it comes to healthcare in, in all of its capacities from mental health to abortion and, uh, and everything in between, we're seeing the results of politics. We're seeing the results of patriarchal systems being so powerful that money is more important than well-being. And yeah, exactly. And so the more I think that all of us can highlight the fact that we're all fucking connected and all of the things that we're voting for in this election and in previous in future ones affects every day. You know, yeah. uh, the Dobbs decision didn't happen overnight. Roe v. Wade wasn't overturned overnight. It's been a campaign for 50 years. 
that finally just started getting all the power pieces into play. And, and I, part of, I think patriarchy's success is that it controls those in power control the dialogue. And so they get to decide who is going to know what. And, and that kind of goes back to, you know, earlier when you were talking about all the misinformation too, um, and that the, the power of knowing what is actually happening versus what everybody else is being told. Totally. And abortion is not about babies. The abortion mm-hmm. issue is not, Roe v. Wade is not about babies. The trans issue is not about kids. It's nope. all about people staying in power. And this misinformation is literally killing people. It's killing exactly. off swaths of our information, uh, of our population. And, you know, there are, there is a shortage of workers because millions of people died from COVID. Yeah. And they were in, right. you're going to paint it like you're lazy and you don't want a job, but tons of people died. So let's say, and yeah, let's say, right. and still. Okay, another hard left just to bring us home. Let's say you're two sisters that are separated by a few thousand miles and you're really super interested in getting more connected to your intuitive selves and you're very interested in learning more about like gemstones and tarot and just kind of all of the ritual and the whole and just this beautiful spiritual world. If there was like, where is a good place to start, to start kind of bringing in that, to start bringing kind of more of the spiritual that perhaps has always called to us, but maybe we didn't, we just weren't ever, we were never given the opportunity to kind of um, explore that. What's a good place? Super strict Christian home. And that was devil worship. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) that is an example too, of how people can attack other people because they think that they know because it's black or white and not gray and lots of, you know, rainbows in between. Uh, So when it comes to reaching into your own intuition and opening up to that, the first step is to recognize that you have intuition and to make space and time in your everyday life to connect with that. So doing the intentional deep breathing, playing around with grounding exercises um, and, you know, focusing on repeating heart, yes, no questions. Like those are some easy starting places uh, when it comes to the tools. Uh, I actually have that in my coaching program of helping you learn about the different modalities and whether that's crystals or stones or guided visualizations or pendulum work or a gazillion other things. There are so many tools and resources available that frequently we don't even know where to start, which is why I always start folks with grounding because there are so many, so many different ways to do it. And we've talked about several of them. And so finding what works for you is part of the process of connecting with your intuition because you don't know what's going to work if you don't try it first. And so that's why having some playful curiosity around that rather than, oh, I have to learn this. 
you know, that's not going to (laughs) work. Trying to force your intuition to do something because you're so used to having to force everything because of patriarchy and everything having to be hard. Intuition can be easy. You just have to start small and build up. And, and it's really about one, recognizing that you have that ability and that connection Two, exploring that connection safely. And that's why grounding before you do anything is important mm-hmm. um, so that you're not suddenly astral traveling and, you know, speaking to gods like you're on a really great trip and then don't know how to come back to your body. Like that's a very extreme example, but also one that I know from client experience. I mean, that and, sounds amazing, but okay. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, yeah, but you know, when yeah. you disconnect from your body, uh, and trauma survivors know this, when you disconnect from your body, whether from trauma or because of psychedelics or because of a spiritual practice, you still have to come back to your body and that can get harder and harder. Uh, each time. So, so where, where can people find, Oh, sorry. I just picked you off. No, no, that was, that was it. Yeah. I think okay. So. I'm so sorry. I can um, keep so talking we- with both, with both of you about all of this for like all day. So. I know. Well, where's the best place for folks to follow you, to find you? How, like if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to do it? What would you like them to know ahead of time? Yeah. So uh, my company is Spiral Intuitive. And so my website is spiralintuitive.com. I am at Spiral Intuitive on all the socials. I am trying to find my own balance between being super busy doing in-person readings at the Renaissance Festival and having my individual private practice as well and posting things online and those kind of things. So I'm still playing with that. Um, but my website needs some updating, but you know, we do what we can do. Uh, and so primarily like Instagram is where I've been, uh, a lot of folks are saying, Oh, get on TikTok," And so, uh, eventually I'll do something. I have like three videos there and I think two of them are Chester. So my cat. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, but yeah, and the main thing too is just if I can, just this one last thing that when it comes to tarot and oracle cards, and I actually have a pinned post on my Instagram that um, is kind of a guide to using a new tarot or oracle card deck because it's a great tool for using your intuition as long as you're not reading everything in the guidebook or online and taking that as the only interpretation. Mm -hmm. So just one final thing for anybody who has a tarot deck or an Oracle card deck in, you know, nearby, just shuffle, pick a card, look at the picture, notice any words that are on the picture, see what feelings, what stories, what thoughts, what ideas come to mind while you're looking at that card and breathe that in and think about and put that into a a single thought or advice moment, uh, a couple of sentences to kind of bring it together. And that's your intuitive interpretation of the card at that moment. Mm -hmm. And then you can go and look at the guidebook or online and or wherever to see confirm as it were that your intuition is right but 
it doesn't even matter if your intuition is uh, in line with the guidebook because one, the guidebook is just a guide. It's not a hard and fast rule. And two, they're a tool to develop your intuition. And the more that you can lean into that, the stronger your intuition is going to be able to get your attention. It's awesome. So good. Um, Well, so thank you so much for being with us here today. I, this episode could be, I think three hours longer, but uh, but we'll have you back on. We'll have to have you back on because there's so much more to say about everything we've talked about. Yeah. I would love that. Thank you so much for your time, Shifra. This has been amazing. Really amazing. And um this is just gonna be a great episode. So looking forward thank to you both. <laughs> really. Thank you both so much because to in, include intuition in the patriarchal discussion is just so juicy. And so thank you for, for we, doing we're that. gonna have to do like a mini series of this or a maxi series. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm here for that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay. Well, in the recording with Shifra, it's been amazing to speak to her and we hope you enjoyed what you've heard so far and the discussions that have taken place. Jenny, how do you feel about it? I feel great. (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's such a great conversation and I'm so excited for everyone to hear. Um, But for now, November 8th, we need, uh, we need our United States folks to vote. Um, so there is a massive loss of rights happening for most marginalized groups, most oppressed groups. So, and those that are not feeling the heat yet, it's coming. Mm. So we've got to turn the tide. We have to, I know that it's easy to become completely disenfranchised with everything that's going wrong with the country and the fact that those who have it the most wrong are speaking the loudest. So we really urge you to do the research and find out where your polling place is, have the hard conversations with friends and family. And then we also will have some resources in the show notes for places where you can go and get your ballot all lined up because you can't just vote straight straight down the line blue anymore. You gotta you gotta do the research and figure out who's championing for the causes that mean the most to you. Yeah. Two of the resources we're gonna push out today are ballotready.org. You can check your registration there. You can make a plan to vote there. You can research candidates and measures on your ballot there. And there's also Vote Save America. Again, you can register there, uh, check registration and check your ballot and your polling office information. So this is an ideal, uh, both of these websites are ideal tools to use to prepare yourself for voting. If you haven't had a chance to do that yet, um, have a look at that and and make sure that you go in as informed as possible. Yep. And just vote as compassionately as you can. If you feel like you don't know enough about a subject, you still have enough time to do a little research on it. You know, Google is your friend. Other browsers are available. Like you can, you can do a little deep diving and make sure that you're, you're supporting stuff that puts more love out in the world, more acceptance out in the world and more care for the community out in the world. Two really great political podcasts that I like that really dig into the issues and you can kind of search through their subject lines to kind of figure out what they're talking about is Pod Save America or Hysteria. I've Mm -hmm. spoken about Hysteria before. Hysteria is two women 
Pod Save America is a group of four guys that um, used to work on the Obama administration as well. Hysteria is the same kind of group of staffers. Hysteria is a very kind of like intersectional feminist take on things. And then I feel like the Pod Save America guys are um, very white, very white, but also very inclusive. And they're great with um, making sure that they have a diverse group of guests as well. So those are two that I sometimes dig into issues on that I don't quite understand just to hear them have a conversation about it. So one of the the Vote Save America link that we're putting out is kind of part of their their group of assets or content. So it's just the thought of just Googling and trying to read it on your own feels like too much. You can just listen to a conversation about it and then you can form your own opinions based on their expertise. That's that's the word. So mm-hmm. anyway, check out our book and our merch on dearpatriarchypodcast.com. We are at patriarchypod on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, you can email us at patriarchypod at gmail.com. We've had some great book sales and we're so, so, so thankful for those of you who have taken a chance. But if you're reading it, we would love to hear your feedback. We've gotten some feedback already from some of Lisa's friends and coworkers and it's been really neat to finally have our baby out in the world so uh, please could pretty pretty please if you buy the book you're kind enough to buy the book please if you could add one more little step on it which is review the book as well because whether you buy that from um bookdepository.com or bookshop.org in the united states or amazon or barnes and noble again in the united states Wherever you buy that book from, if you review it, that pushes its visibility more. So the mm-hmm. more reviews the book has, the better, really. And it can just be great book exclamation points, five stars. That's it. Take you two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it's a really want. important book, guys. It's yeah. it's facts and statistics and studies, but also kind of just anecdotal stories about what we've experienced and it's super helpful no matter where you are in your professional journey. So we look forward to hearing from you about that. So as always, thank you for listening and love, light, and good night. Good night.